Are you an entrepreneur just getting started in creating video content for your business? Or have you been creating it for a while and it's just not hitting the way that you want it to? Welcome to the Video Simplified Podcast. My name is Diana Gladney, and I'm going to help you with the tips and the strategies to amplify your business and your brand using video. So if that's something that you're into, let's get started with today's episode. What is up, entrepreneurs? Welcome to the Video Simplified Podcast with your hostess, Demosis, Diana Gladney. I am super pumped to be talking about this week's episode, which is the most critical asset to your video content creation process. I want to go ahead and dive directly into this episode, but this episode is being brought to you by the Video Content Masterclass. If you are looking to get more details into how to really launch your channel, understand the most important things that you need to be doing when it comes to content creation for your channel, for your business, um, and just really getting that process, that flow uh, down and the things that are going to help make that video work. Check out the video content masterclass we're launching uh, in a few more days, uh, which would be uh, this week that you're listening to the podcast, which would be on March the 19th. Cart will open and then it will close. So this is a limited time only offer. Uh, where you'll get access to the first couple weeks. We'll be doing that through um, every week. We know we'll have live engagement uh, to go back through for those specific weeks. And then when it becomes available, that will not be part of it. So the bonuses will be going away. Um, so the landing page will be updated. So go to videocontentmasterclass.com for more details. Let's get into the episode. So what is the most critical asset to your video content creation process. Sometimes uh, we can look at tools like TubeBuddy and, you know, as fantastic as it is and all of the, the greatness that it provides. Um, but we may not know, you know, if, if that's the thing that we need. When, when people are first launching a channel, they absolutely think about the gear. And so they think about what camera should I get? What settings should I be using? And those are what are the most important things to them when they're first getting started or how do I get familiar with YouTube and all the different things or what other pieces of gear and equipment do uh, I need to make this work so I can look professional. However, all of those questions tend to overlook uh, this most critical asset that we'll be talking about today, which is audio. Now you've probably heard me say this before, um, I'm trying to get more comfortable with saying this more publicly because as a video person, it sounds kind of odd. Um, you know, when people say, oh man, what's the most important thing or whatever it's like, it has nothing to do with, with cameras. It has everything to do with the audio because if instantly the audio went from me sounding one kind of a way, and then I switched to maybe let's say some iPhone head bugs and you hear them rustling up against my clothes and, um, you know, just all the things, wind noise and all these other detractors and, and distracting sounds, it just would not sound appealing. But this doesn't make sense until you actually hear. And this is best amplified through this audio medium. So let's switch over so you can actually hear what worse audio would sound like and see if you could stand it. OK, so now you are listening to the built in microphone on the computer and see if you can handle this audio for too much longer or what that sounds like and how annoying that might be to you. Are you more satisfied that that clip was only a few seconds? 
I could barely stand to listen to it myself, even just listening back to it live and just as I'm recording it. So imagine if all 55 of the podcast episodes sounded like that. I might have made it to episode 55, but I doubt you would have for the sake of trying to listen to it in that way. And it's it's not just from a podcasting standpoint, but from a video creation standpoint, if when you clicked on the videos, it didn't sound like this from me using a podcast style like microphone or from me using a lapel microphone. And so that audio uh, doesn't sound like this, but it still doesn't sound terrible uh, because it's a close audio source. It's more normal of what you're used to listening to. And so we have to think about an audio experience as well as the visual video experience for that. Video is not just the video by itself. We're not making silent films where we're putting text up and, and things like that. Only the majority of our videos have audio because it includes the speaking portions of it. That being the case, the audio experience for your audience is highly, highly vital to your content creation. And a lot of people overlook everything else. They don't think about getting a lens if they're getting an interchangeable lens camera, which one may be best for the look that they're trying to achieve. And so they'll get a kit lens thinking like, how do I get a blurry background on this? And it's like, you're not going to. You'd have to be someplace outside where you have extreme depth of field, um, where at that point there is some level of blur. But if you sit up against the wall or whatever, there's nothing to blur. You know, you don't have enough depth. It requires depth. And so if it comes to audio, then most people are recording in sound uh, environments where there's all kind of noises and there is no sound treatment or anything like that, much like the space that I'm recording in, but you're not hearing any obnoxious audio sounds and things like that. And so it's not just about sounding good or investing in a microphone because I'm saying to invest in a micro microphone, but there's three uh, key pillars here that you have to consider. The first one is audio exhaustion. Now I gave you only a few seconds worth of a bad audio clip from just the built-in microphones on the laptop. And a lot of people do their shows. They'll do a live stream or say they have a podcast and that's what they're using. But you figure, well, that's fine on the speakers. But how many times do you see people investing in the AirPods or investing in the Google Pixel Buds or investing in headphones or something? There's always some environment use case or something where people are listening to something or even watching things and they have their headphones in. So we have to think about our users experience, but what is their usual social behavior? Like on Instagram, they may watch the videos, a good portion of the videos on social media that they may see on LinkedIn, Facebook, or what have you, again, depending on the nature of where they're at. And they will read the captions on there. And then maybe at some parts, they're able to listen to it or entices them to want to hit the unmute button. But more or less, they're just reading the captions and things like that. It's more of a silent experience until they choose to change that. Okay, well, on YouTube, most people are used to watching the video. But if you look at your specific graphics for your channel, then you'll notice that you'll get a certain amount of viewing viewers that are watching it on TV, some that are watching it on the computer, some that are watching it on the phone and on and on. 
And if that is a, an experience where like how most of us are still at, at home uh, or some are starting to go back to work, um, but most people are still pretty much working at home, which means that probably so everybody's not disturbing everyone, they're listening with headphones. And so a culture over the last year has been developed of if everybody's at home and whatnot, you need to have speakerphone turned off and wear headphones. So nobody's annoying the other person, which goes into that second bitch, which is audio annoyance. And it may not just be from, you know, in households where there's multiple people, but just like if, again, go back to that bad audio example, if it only kept sounding like that, how annoyed would you be with me? Because you're like, Diana, this is unacceptable. I can't, I can't stand this anymore. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. You know, and so most people aren't going to sit there and just listen through. And for those that have developed a relationship with the content, you're used to listening, you're used to watching the videos and things like that. It's a go-to resource for you for certain things. You know, that would never have been developed. And I'd be hard pressed pressed to say that you, it would have taken a long, much longer time to just say, yes to I want more of this kind of content to hit that subscribe button that would be less likely to happen with poor audio and so a lot of people have heard my um, frustrations with the Blue Yeti audio because it's not much better not much better than the microphone that you're getting on there when it comes to the audio quality and people say oh but don't sound that bad it's like but you haven't heard that on your voice compared to something better nor is that experience acceptable for your audience. And I've listened to, tried to, and it's not me being an audio snob. I've tried to listen to podcasts where people are using that Blue Yeti and it just sounds horrible. And it's not like a, a branding thing or an issue with the brand or whatever. It just simply is the audio quality. You know, it could be anything else. It's like, I also am not a fan of the microphones on laptops, but that's the kind of experience that you tend to get you know, because if you're just, it's a, it's some podcast, the information is so good. I would love to just dive in and listen more, but I just can't take the audio experience I've tried at best. Um, you know, I may can tune in in the car where, you know, I can turn the bass all the way up and just do a bunch of stuff, but it's just, it's so audibly exhausting to listen to. I just, I've, I've just kind of stopped listening to the podcast because it just is a poor audio experience that also goes into when we think about videos audience retention it's different on podcasts you know there are a lot of different things and sometimes for some podcasts maybe you're maybe you get used to it but for me I never do but when it comes to videos we have to consider audience retention now audience retention is measured by how long you keep somebody watching on your video if you aren't keeping people um, on there, the audience retention is huge. A lot of people think views is most important on YouTube. It's not. It's about audience retention. How long are you retaining people? If you've heard me talk about the hierarchy of engagement, hierarchy, hierarchy of engagement is based around the social behaviors around someone's experience on YouTube. They go from watching a video or not watching video, excuse me. They go from putting something in the search, the typical behavior. Why not put in something in the search, how to cook steak. They put that in there with the intent on trying to figure out how to cook a steak. Now, there are varying ways of, they may say, in a cast iron skillet. They may say in the oven. They may say um, on the grill. 
whatever that specificity is now leads into the thumbnail. So if they say in a cast iron skillet, they're generally probably looking for a picture of a steak in a cast iron skillet. Because if they see one on the grill, it's not relevant or it gives the appearance and the video could be of it in a cast iron skillet. But if the thumbnail doesn't suggest that that person understands their curiosity, pain point point, or their interest point, they're not going to click on that thumbnail. They're less likely to click on it. So that next part, once you get their attention, they click on the thumbnail. They now begin to watch some bits of the video. If they get to the point that they are watching it, then they'll get to the point that they'll like it. And if they get to the point that they'll like it, actually hitting that like button or dislike it, you've moved into an action either way. Then they get to a point that they more or less likely will leave a comment. And then you have the next layer where after they've left the comment, then they'll go to do it, do where they share it. And the share it is the bees knees hall of fame when it comes to the hierarchy of engagement scale. But it's kind of like the shape of a funnel. The small tip at the end being the people that get to the point of sharing it may have a lot of people that click on it, but how many of those people actually got through to watch? So there are four key areas in the graphs on YouTube when it comes to audience retention, because you can have it at the channel level, which you can find this on your engagement tab on your YouTube analytics. And then you have at the video level where you can see an over on the overview page. And then again, on the engagement tab in the YouTube analytics for that specific um, video. And so you can get the audience retention overall, the number for like what it is over your channel uh, as a whole, or you can get it for a specific video and you can go and look at specific videos and see how well you retain someone versus when you didn't. And those four key areas in the graph on YouTube for, that defines the audience retention is going to be a continuous segment where it's kind of flat, which is good to where for the people that came in, a lot of people stayed and watched this particular portion of the video. The other part is where it kind of decreases or it goes down, which means that you're the longer the video pr progresses on, then the less that more people are watching, more people are just constantly falling off. Then you have spikes, which means that people are going back and they're replaying a certain part or they kind of want to know more about it um, or they're sharing it at a specific part. So people are just jumping in and watching directly at that specific area or the fourth part being dips where it will dip off and they're leaving. You know, it shows you exactly that that minute by second part in the video where somebody left or they skipped and moved to some other portion. So if you're noticing where you're having dips in your audience retention graphs, go and look and see what is going on specifically in that dipped area. I was working with a client one time and I was teaching them how to read the audience retention for their videos so that we can look through and see how the audience is responding to their content. When we looked at their uh, audience retention graphs, okay, it always, everybody starts off at a hundred. And my goal when I'm working for and with clients and when I am doing my own content is at least 50% by the end. That's the goal. At least half of the people stay to watch all the way through the end by the end of the video. That's the goal. We get through the graphs and within the first 10 seconds, it just, it completely plummets. 
for sure by the first 30 seconds, near, nearly everyone is gone. We're far below the 50%. We're probably even at about 10% or so. Um, 10% to like 18%, I think it was. And it's just like, why is that happening or what's going on? Okay, well, so let's take a look because you'll see the graph first. And it's like, oh my goodness, we just see this nosedive. And so we, we watch and we replay. And what happened was poor audio, poor video experience. Not that uh, it's like, oh man, that doesn't have enough background blur. No, that wasn't the problem. The laptop was shaking, cameras moving all over the place because it was the laptop camera. Audio's all kind of just gruntled or whatever the heck was going on. It just was all over the place. Like it just, it just sounded bad and it looked really bad. And so, and I was like, okay, stop. Because it's not, again, it's not me being some audio video snob or anything like that. It's just like, okay, this is not, this is not something that's acceptable because look at the viewing experience that you're giving another person to you. You're like, oh, I need it to readjust. I need it to reset up. I need to, you know, I needed to fix something for me. But what are you doing to the audience? You're saying, well, that's good enough. And they're saying it's not. Because clearly everybody that had an interest initially in whatever it is that you were saying, they left within the first 10 or so seconds because they just couldn't take it anymore. They don't know what you're that. I said, now it'd be different if they skipped ahead and you saw a little bit of that, but they just let, they bailed. They said, screw it. You have to think about the audio experience for the viewer. They're more forgiving with poor video quality. It can be the camera on the laptop and you're sitting in front of a window, they'll accept that and they won't, you know, be so harsh and judgmental as they would be for poor audio. Wind noises, scurry, scuffling sound from the mic having, you know, just it could be a piece of paper, just like all of that, <laughs> you know, and it's just like as you're readjusting and doing whatever to you, you say, well, this is what I got and I'm using what I have, but we can do better. USB and XLR microphones are abundant in the market and it does not require a lot for you to have a better audio experience for your community. If you can charge your phone, you can use a USB microphone and it doesn't have to be USB only. It can be something like the Samsung Q2U, which is my ultimate recommendation when it comes to the most flexible microphone that you can purchase. And that's S-A-M-S-O-N-Q2U. You, I'll put uh, a link to this microphone in the show notes, in addition to the website and blog post associated with this episode, so you can get access to it and go and try this out. But I used this microphone for probably three plus years, only recently switching to the Shure SM7B that you're listening to now, um, just simply out of choice, simply out of choice, and wanting to just choosing to um, take it to that next level when it comes to the audio experience. Now. Samsung Q2U is, is by far not a horrible microphone at all. Um, and it will sound, there is not one person that heard me on that microphone that complained about the audio, not once. In all the years that I used it, even when I go on, you know, major shows and interviews, it, it is just that deal. So um, you can get other similar microphones like the Audio-Technica ATR2100, Audio-Technica AT, was AT2005 is another one. So USB type microphones with the ability to kind of grow with that microphone, should you want to get into stuff like the Rodecaster Pro and other type of audio um, interfaces and things like that, that can 
do more. But if you're just solely trying to increase the audio experience, the Samsung Q2U is my top recommendation for most people. Um, and even when I travel, that's going to be the microphone that I use. So I would highly recommend that that you let, take a, a audit of your audio experience that you are suggesting that your community, that you're asking them to say yes to. Don't really compare this to like the like you. Here's the thing. Most people, they overestimate the what their visual and audio experience should be. It's fine to have a goal of what you want to grow into, but don't jump from, let's say, a Blue Yeti or a iPhone headphone audio experience and jumping into, let's say, a $2,000 audio setup. Now, if that's what you want, go for the goal, but at least get you a dynamic cardioid microphone. Do not get a condenser microphone. It is not going to sound good or reject background noises. And so make the investment in the audio first. Then it needs to be an investment into the lighting and then an investment into the video. If you can do all above, great, but audio is going to be that number one priority. And this is critical because if you're asking people to subscribe, go and do an audit of the audio experience that you're providing to them. What does that sound like? And if you're hearing the fan noise constantly to where I'm saying like, not that you hear it a little bit in the background, but that it's just like obnoxiously loud. If you're constantly hearing just all kinds of, of noise, every little, little thing, again, take an audit of that. What experience are you asking people to say yes to and judge it based off of, would you say yes to that? When you've watched other channels, do you have a higher expectation of what you're actually providing for your community? When I ask my clients this, their honest response is like, don't, don't say something just because you think I'll agree or disagree or what you think I want to hear. It's like when you subscribe to a channel, what are you looking for? Things that you just subconsciously say yes to or things that you know, it's like, this is good. I, I appreciate this versus those that maybe you watched it once, but you keep on scrolling and skipping by because something is off. You can't quite put your finger on it, but something is off. Off. They didn't put as much work into it and effort in as other channels when it comes to the production of their work. So they say, you know what? Screw it. I don't want to watch. So take that into consideration when you're creating content. Most critical asset to your video creation process is going to be the audio. And my go to recommend um, and that has been for years is the Samson Q2U microphone. I highly encourage you to check it out. But that's what I'm leaving for today's episode of the Video Simplified podcast. And if you're looking to take your content creation skills to the next level to create a workflow process and things that'll work out for you, make sure you go to videocontentmasterclass.com that will be opening on March the 19th. I'm going to end my episodes as I always do. The winds of life blows on us all, but it is how you set your sales. With that guys, a little bit of passion. See you in the next episode.
So was that helpful? Did you get some tips out of that? Did you get something that you can implement today? If you did, make sure you leave a rating or review for the podcast. Helps get this show more exposure. Make sure you leave that five-star rating and review. I'd love to hear your thoughts. And also share it with a friend. Somebody you know needs some help with their video content strategy. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you on the next one.